Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Amber Rainey. The coronavirus pandemic has had a devastating impact on San Diego County. Since the pandemic hit in our community in mid-March, tens of thousands of people have lost their jobs and the unemployment rate skyrocketed to an all-time high of 30% in May. In addition to this, many families have struggled to access unemployment insurance due to an overloaded system, and they had to bridge the gap between their last paycheck and delayed unemployment benefits kicking in. Since the start of the crisis, the number of people being fed by the San Diego Food Bank and its North County Food Bank chapter has increased exponentially. Before the crisis, the food bank was feeding, on average, 350,000 people every month, which represents about 11% of the population of San Diego County. During normal times, the San Diego Food Bank and its North County Food Bank chapter provides food to low-income families and families living at or near the poverty level. But since the start of the pandemic, the food bank estimates that they are now serving nearly 600,000 people per month. Many people who were considered middle class before the crisis have lost their incomes and are now relying on the food bank's hunger relief programs to put food on the table for their families. Since mid-March, the food bank has distributed more than 14 million pounds of food to individuals, seniors, and families in need in communities throughout San Diego County. The food bank has distributed approximately 1 million pounds of food per week to people in communities throughout San Diego County. To compound this crisis, tens of thousands of children living in poverty rely on free school meals Monday through Friday, but of course during the summer vacation, children living in poverty stop receiving free meals at school and face hunger at home. Often their parents work in low-wage jobs or they're unemployed and over the summer months these families are forced to turn to the food bank to help feed their children. At the same time, donations to the food bank drop dramatically when need from the community is greatest. The Food Bank's Summer Food Drive is an annual food drive that was started in partnership with Vaughn Supermarket back in 2009 to address the problem of child hunger over the summer months. This year's Schools Out Hunger's Not campaign will run through the end of July and will help the Food Bank feed tens of thousands of children living in poverty who face hunger at home and the tens of thousands of families impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining Living Better in San Diego today is Jim Floros from the San Diego Food Bank. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing very well. And yourself? I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Uh, Jim Floros, what is your title at the San Diego Food Bank? President and CEO. Oh, wow. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been here for seven and a half years. 
Wow. What'd you do before? Well, I'm a career nonprofit guy. Not the way I intended, but I fell into my first nonprofit job right out of college. Uh, First at the world headquarters of Project Concern International, and then went over to the San Diego Burn Institute. I spent 20 years there, um, and uh, most of it as a CEO, and then been with the San Diego Food Bank ever since. So about 36 years in nonprofit. That's amazing. Thank you so much for everything you've done. That's kind. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Now, I wanted to talk to you about the 2020 Schools Out Hungers Not COVID-19 Summer Food Drive happening this summer. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about that. Well, you know, it's it's a campaign we've done every year because what happens is during the summer months, you know, kids who uh, normally get fed through a federal program called the Free and Reduced Lunch Program. Right. That's a federal, uh, you know, but they're, during the summer months, they're not getting those those meals. Well, um, now with COVID-19, it takes on even a, an additional um, dimension because, uh, you know, the kids have been out of school for a while. And so we're seeing a spike in need. Uh, right now, we're participating in food distributions uh, at 47 sites in eight school districts right now, and that'll continue through the summer and probably continue through the fall now. Uh, one of the things that's great about the food drive is it helps bring in a lot of food. Right now, we're operating at about an 11% deficit as far as pounds going out versus pounds coming in. So this summer food drive will go a long way towards helping uh, close that deficit. So if someone's interested in donating, how would they go about doing so? Well, uh, anytime they're at a Vons or Albertsons, uh, they can just uh, uh, log on, or I'm sorry, uh, their Vons and uh, Albertsons, they just pick up a couple of uh, food items and then uh, add them to one of our, our big red barrels that are in front of the store. Uh, or they can just go on our website, sandyfoodbank.org backslash summer, and they can make a financial gift. We actually have a virtual food drive where people can actually buy food on our behalf. Or they can just make a financial gift in general. Uh, we can take $1 and leverage that into five mils. That's amazing. How does that happen? Uh, well, you know, it's kind of complicated. I'm probably not smart enough to completely understand it. Um, it's a combination of things. One is we get food donations. So we get a lot of food donated. Uh, two, we buy a substantial amount of food from the wholesale market. In a typical year, uh, 52 weeks, we usually spend about a million dollars in uh, food purchases. We spent $3 million in the first eight weeks of the crisis, so you can see the need for support. Uh, but then we also have a huge volunteer base. Uh, volunteers are an integral part of our supply chain and literally what volunteers are doing today is going to be part of a distribution tomorrow. And the value of all that free labor is about $2 million of uh, free labor each year. So the combination of bulk food purchases, food donations, and a huge uh, workforce that's basically goes unpaid because they're volunteers that allows us to take $1 and leverage that into five meals. Now I'm assuming with COVID, um, there's probably a lot of volunteers that are canceling uh, just out of fear. Well, it was interesting because out of the gate, we have you know uh, about 20,000 registered volunteers and about um, 34,000 volunteer visits a year. And a lot of, you know, we had about four or 500 companies that used to do, you know, volunteer shifts. So it's community service going out in the community, whatever, you know, uh, this bank or that bank or different uh, community groups. Uh, well, of course, they all shut down. So all those groups canceled. So in the first couple of weeks, we had like 1,400 cancellations. So we had to put a call out just for individuals to come in and volunteer. And they heeded the call. 
and we had to reduce the size of our shifts. Usually they're 40 people because of social spacing and all the precautions we had to put in place to ensure that our volunteers were safeguarded. We had to cut our shifts from 40 to 20, um, but they kept coming in, and we're turning volunteers away, and uh, they are getting the job done, and and we could not uh, do the work we're doing here, feeding you know 600,000 people a month without those great volunteers. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not actually accepting volunteers. You're just not needing them, right? Oh, we need them, but uh, but uh, the shifts uh, uh, fill up. And so people will say, well, I went online, I registered, but all your shifts are full. And all I say to them is keep checking back because we get no-shows and we get cancellations. And so uh, we've been doing a pretty good job. We have three shifts a day, and we've had a, a pretty good luck in filling all those shifts. You guys haven't closed any of the food distributions yet, right? No. We're exempt from the executive order. for So from day one, it was game on for us. Uh, we pivoted, created strategies, and we we never uh, missed a, a step. Um, so no, uh, all our distribution sites, we have 200 distribution sites that we uh, operate. Plus, we have a network of 500 nonprofit agencies that have feeding programs, and that's how we feed that many people. And very few um, agencies uh, closed up shops, so they were all exempt from the executive order as well. So they are, a lot of them are faith-based, and feeding the, the needy are, is an important uh, part of their existence. And so everybody has stepped up to the plate. They're working hard, and we're feeding a lot of people. Incredible. So, okay, take me through it. If my family's struggling and we need food, what do we do? What are the steps? Easiest thing to do is go to our website, sandyafoodbank.org backslash get help. Uh, what we do is those 200 distribution sites I mentioned, some of them are weekly, some of them are monthly. And uh, so we update our website every week to list out the distributions that are taking place that coming week. They're all strategically located throughout the county. So there's usually about 100 per week. And then on top of that, we just launched our super pantry program on July 1. So we took 35 of our um of our existing 500 nonprofit partners, and we're turning them into super pantries, which means they're high volume, high frequency distribution sites. And so those 35 agencies countywide, again, strategically located uh, based on need, uh, they have to do distributions at least three days a week, and they have to do that until the end of the year. And those super pantry programs are listed on your website? Yeah, those are all listed too. So, you know, three days a week, you find one of those super pantries, you're going to be able to get the food that your family needs. You know, I was checking out that uh, virtual food drive, and that seems like such a cool idea. Is it just basically like you put in items in your cart to donate and do it all online? It's been really, really popular. Um, we, we um, uh, you know, sometimes people say, you know, uh, I had a jar of peanut butter out on the counter, but I forgot to bring it. And can I just go online and make a donation? And so the idea is they are actually buying food on our behalf. So if you look at it on the website, uh, there's shelves there. You click on an item, you drag it across the little scanner. It, uh, the checkout scanner beeps, creates your grocery bill. Now you're buying food on our behalf. And a really cool thing about the virtual food drive is we can customize it for pretty much any group, any individual, any company, and we can put their logo in this very prominent uh, location in the middle of the of the screen, and then they get a special link that's just for them. And they get that link, and they can do whatever they wish with that link. They can email it out to their friends, family, colleagues, what have you. Uh, we have companies that will have a competition against another company. Uh, one uh, year we had the Land Rover, Porsche, and uh, Audi dealerships all had a competition. And then, the, you know, the administrators can go on the backside and look at the the, uh, 
dashboard and who's winning on which day or what have you. Uh, but it's a great uh, way. A little competition doesn't hurt. It's a great way to people make an impact, and you can do it from the uh, fr- uh, you know the comfort of their couch. That's so cool. That's a good idea. Maybe uh, we should have the radio stations against each other. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I do too. That's a great I idea. do too. And whoever uh, and whoever you know raises the more money, will spend uh, more money on media buys, something like that. There you go. <laughs> Now, if someone was interested in hosting a food drive, how would they go about doing that? Again, uh, SanDiegoFoodBank.org. All that information is right there on the website. There's actually tips on how to run a food drive, who you contact. Um, Someone on staff will then reach out to them. They'll arrange for having barrels delivered, uh, give them the rules of the road or some things that will make them uh, more successful. And uh, usually we'll have about 2,000 food drives a year. Things have changed a little bit with COVID, so we're not having as many um, uh, food drives and a lot of companies are obviously still working remotely. Um, but yeah, just go to the website. Pretty much anything you need to know about the food bank is right there. And for seniors, do you have anything special for seniors? Well, that's a big part of our service population. And aside from seniors being able to go to any of our distribution sites, we have a special senior program uh, where we uh, provide seniors a 36 pound box of food balanced diet as prescribed uh, by the USDA. And we have 65 sites throughout the county where seniors who register for the program and are in the accepted in the program, they can go to these sites and pick up their box of food, or they can send a proxy to pick up the box for them. But it's a 36 pounds is a lot of food, so it's a it's a nice thing for seniors to need. And they can get more information, of course, on your website, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me about the diaper bank program. Well, you know, if um, people are struggling with food insecurity and they have uh, young children. Um, you know, diapers can create a, a tremendous hardship because uh, diapers are really expensive. Uh, 60 to $80 uh, or 80 to $100, I should say, per child per month. And if you're having a hard time putting food on the table, you know, uh, diapers are quite expensive. So about maybe three years ago, we became the regional diaper bank. And we were able to secure some uh, great funding through the state. And so right now we're distributing about um, half a million diapers per month. And the month of May was actually a record-breaking month. We actually distributed 850,000 diapers in the month of May. Um, you know, interesting thing about diapers and how it really impacts a family. Obviously, there's all kinds of health uh, concerns around children who are not having their diaper changed on a regular basis. There's emotional trauma, both on the child and, and the, the parents. And, you know, a story was relayed to me when we were being approached about becoming a diaper bank. You know, single mom who's getting government assistance through food stamps, they call it CalFresh in California, and she gets a job, which is what we want, right? So she's going to get a job, she's going to make more money, she's going to help pull her family um, out of poverty. Uh, she has a challenge of daycare. What do you do? You know, if you can't afford daycare, you can't really go back to work, but she gets subsidized daycare. So there's another hurdle, another step towards becoming more independent and doing better by her family. And then she shows up at daycare, and they say you need to show up with eight to ten diapers. Well, diapers are expensive. And then the month she's running low on money, she's choosing between food and diapers. Of course, she's going to pick food, so she runs out of diapers, which means she can't take her child to daycare. She can't take her child to daycare. That means she can't go to work. She misses work enough time, she loses her job. She's back on food stamps. Yeah. So something as simple as diapers could be that little piece of the puzzle that that single mother or low-income family needs to really help uh, become self-sufficient. Yeah, no mother should have to choose between feeding your child or diapers, you know. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Speaking of children, um, you have something called the Pandemic EBT. 
That is actually a federal program, and that is a program that's helping people through the crisis. So the EBT card is what people probably know more around CalFresh or SNAP, food stamps, but there's a summer EBT that's uh, provided to um, uh, school-aged children uh, to help uh, you know mitigate the uh, food insecurity issues they're having of not uh, being in school, not getting those free reduced lunch meals. Oh, okay. So is that something that happens every summer or just because of COVID? Well, the, 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 this one is a special one because of uh, COVID. Okay. What makes it special? Well, because it's new. And, and, oh, okay. Uh, so this is the first time they've so, done it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically uh, anything that can help uh, close the gap as far as um, people are food insecure during the summer months. You know, I just want to say that I am so incredibly impressed for everything that the San Diego Food Bank does for our community. It's, it's incredible. You know, I'm really proud of the work uh, that the San Diego Food Bank is doing. We're a completely local um, organization, and we, um, you know, we really pride ourselves on building an organization based on excellence, great relationships with the, the corporate community and donors and program effectiveness and financial prowess and, and relationships with elected officials. And we just did all that because it's the right thing to do. And, and built this organization. And well, we were about four or five weeks into this thing. And I'm like, you know, we're really doing well. We never panicked. We never flinched. We pivoted and created strategies. And off we uh, went. And so we, uh, I think the county, um, I think it was March 12th, I think it was a Thursday, was when the county you know, officially did the declaration and, and uh, basically shutting down and shelter in place. And by Monday, we'd already had a strategy that we removed all obstacles from our nonprofit partners to make sure that they were getting um, as much food as possible because what we're hearing from our agencies is that their lines were doubling. Uh, So we pushed out about 700,000 pounds of food uh, in just the first two weeks of the pandemic. And then we went to phase two of our response to try to shorten those lines. So we did four mass distributions. Most of your listeners probably saw some of those on, on TV and while we committed to four, um, we uh, they served a purpose because we did uh, provide a lot of food and uh, did give us a forum to talk about the fact that people don't need to come to a mass distribution to get food. There should be a distribution site, a pantry near their home where they can get food and get it with dignity. The problem with the mass distributions is that logistically, you can really only do about a thousand cars. And some people don't even have cars. And what happens is you, even though you promote that it's going to be a thousand cars, the first thousand cars, two or three or 4,000 cars show up. So people wait in line and then they get turned away. And that lacks client dignity. That just breaks our heart. And everything we do in all of our distributions is about client dignity. So after the four distributions, we said, okay, we're going back to square one. We're going back to uh, what brought us to the dance. And that is the grassroots, community-based approach uh, to feeding people. So phase three, and we just talked about it, we launched our Super Pantry program on July 1, taking 35 of our our 500 nonprofit partners, high-volume, high-frequency distribution sites, and we're just going to push as much food as possible through all those sites. Uh, The agencies, on top of all the food that they can handle, they each got a $20,000 capacity grant to buy refrigeration, storage, uh, pallet jacks, or what have you. 
so they can handle that volume. They had to commit them to doing these um, mass distrib- these distributions until uh, the end of December. It's a million-dollar effort uh, by the San Diego Food Bank, and that would not be possible without the donations of a lot of generous San Diegans. So anybody who's made a donation to the San Diego Food Bank, your fingerprints are all over the Super Pantry program, so we really appreciate their support. What a beautiful thing to have your fingerprint on, you know? Darn right, darn right. <laughs> are you planning on adding more to the Super Pantry? I think uh, 35 is pretty uh, strong. We had about uh, 50 agencies that applied, and we picked the ones that were strategically located and had the capacity to do that. But the other thing we're doing now, we're doing another round of capacity grants for agencies that didn't um, weren't selected to be a super pantry, but they still have needs, maybe refrigeration or something. And so we're getting ready to do another $250,000 to other nonprofit partners that still have, need some uh, some food bank love uh, to help them uh, meet the uh, need in those long, long lines. I, I, I would say it's very, it's very rewarding uh, uh, work. And I have to tell you that um, really realized when we're into the uh, the pandemic, we're the right organization at the right place at the right time. We were built for this. We just didn't know it at the time. Uh, you know, and we, uh, everybody here at this organization, they pulled them, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's go feed people. This is what I signed up for. Uh, people were committed. We've built a wonderful culture by the staff and volunteers here. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of uh, freaking out about what was going on with the COVID and our staff stayed calm and they said, all right, we sign up to feed people. Let's go feed people. And it's been really cool to see how people rose to the occasion. Now, when people want to donate, what kind of um, items do you look for? Well, uh, any non-perishable item. Uh, but people make fun of me uh, that I'm obsessed with peanut butter. <laughs> I am too. You all, we all love peanut butter. But when people have less resources, the two things that are too expensive for them are protein items and fresh produce. Well, we we don't want people donating fresh produce because that's not shelf stable and what have you. Um, but I love my peanut butter because it is high in protein. Uh, kids like it, and it's too expensive for us to buy. And so, whenever anybody wants to ask me, well, Jim, what should I donate for the your your food drive? Bring me some peanut butter. But no glass jars, right? Nothing in glass. No glass jars that breaks. Uh, no uh, no alcoholic beverages that would be you know people would frown on that. So just bring me some uh, protein items. Bring me some tuna. Bring me some peanut butter. Bring me some um, uh, protein. Beans are good. And then I know you accept diapers. Are there any other like household products or non-food items that you accept? Well, we you know we um, you know we have a lot of funding for diapers, but we don't have funding for the ancillary items, the wipes and the lotions and that sort of thing. So if somebody's looking to donate something that's non-food and wants to complement our, our diaper bank. You know, we can use some stuff like that. So the School's Out Hunger's Not Summer Food Drive, that is going till the end of the month, right? It's the month of July. All, so all of July. We're try to raise as much food as possible. And then now, you know, we just had the uh, stay-at-home order uh, was reinstated uh, yesterday. And now I don't think the schools are going to be doing in-person uh, distributions. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, in-person uh, classes. They're going to be doing uh, remote learning. Yes. Uh, so who knows? Right now we're at 47 school sites and eight school districts. We do weekly distributions at those 47 sites. Uh, I was just at one uh, this morning, in fact. And uh, so I think that's going to continue on 
uh, probably through the school year. So uh, this thing changes every 24 hours, and I guess I'm just proud that our organization kind of has it in our DNA to be uh, to adapt and overcome. And we see a challenge, and we create a strategy, and then we move on. And uh, just uh, could not thank uh, San Diego donors more uh, for making uh, all this possible. And you, you have all that information up on your website, ways to donate, how to volunteer, um, and you keep 100%. that up to date, right? Oh, yeah. Well, especially with those 100 sites, uh, those 100 distributions, it's a, we're updating it every week. And so anything you want to volunteer, you want to donate, you're looking for a place to get food, you want to run a food drive, you just want to learn about hunger, uh, events that we have coming up. We're going to be doing our San Diego Blues Festival, which we have done for many years. is the 10th anniversary of it. It's, we used to do it, or we would be doing it, in the Barcadero North, but of course, no uh, major uh, public gatherings, so we're actually going virtual. Uh, so we are going to be uh, streaming uh, the uh, uh, the Blues Festival, and then we're on top of that. We're going to be buying a couple hours on one of the local TV stations, and people have an opportunity. It's a benefit concert, COVID-19 benefit concert, and people have an opportunity to go online and make a financial gift to, to support the food bank and our COVID-19 response. And when is that Blues Festival again? Uh, that is September 12th. All right. Save the date. That's so cool that you guys get to do it virtually. It's a shame that we can't be uh, in person doing it, but hopefully in 2021, it'll be a different story. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. This has got to, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. So, um, you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. The other thing that people have asked about, you know, when's this going to end or what do you think is going to happen? You know, we've been waiting for the next recession for a little while. And um, obviously this has triggered the next recession. So this is a marathon. You know, everything we're doing, all our planning, we're planning for uh, to adapt to increased need for probably the next couple of years. So this is not going away, or at least uh, the uh, the large numbers of food insecurity are not going away anytime soon. But thank you. Thank you so much for being there for the community in San Diego. We couldn't do it without you guys. Well, like I said, this is what we signed up for. It's uh, I've never been more challenged uh, professionally, and I don't think I've ever been more rewarded. That's so cool. Uh, what is the address of the San Diego Food Bank? Uh, 9850 Distribution Avenue. And then the North County Food Bank? Is um, an engineer in uh, Vista. Okay. Engineer. You, you know, I should probably know that offhand. That's right? all right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the information you can get on your website, which is sandiegofoodbank.org. And then is there a phone number that people could call if they have any questions? Um, I, they can call um, 858-863-5149. Well, there's also a good uh, phone number to give people, one eight six six three five zero food. That's the best number. One eight six six three five zero food, and that uh, is how people can call for food assistance. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for joining the show today. Well, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you helping us get the word out. And you know, the one thing we uh, realize if we all band together, we stay calm. Uh, we can weather the storm. That's absolutely true. Well, thank you again, Jim Floros from the San Diego Food Bank for joining the show today. All right. Thanks again. Appreciate it. That concludes another edition of Living Better in San Diego. The opinions expressed on Living Better in San Diego do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on the station's website. I'm Amber Rainey. Have a great day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.